0: This is the Two Point Conversation. Now, with your hosts, Chris and Hector. Yes, yes, yes. Just like Daniel Bryan used to say, we are here on the Two Point Conversation. My name is Hector Shaman, alongside with my buddy, Chris. How you doing, man? It's all good. It's all good. Hey, we got Peter Vesey, NBA columnist and legendary insider, on our show later but first let's talk some oscars. oscars yeah we we had the nominations this week and we're just looking them over and well we're discussing so what are your general early thoughts on the nominations well right out of the bat i gotta say that best picture woo, it's heavy man it is a battlefield it, it's a close race oh my goodness <laughs> it's, a, okay. it's a close race it's a close race <laughs> And if you ask me, they got the nominations right. I, I don't I don't have I don't have an issue with anything or anybody. I would have liked to see okay. Denis Villeneuve, Blade Runner. I know as as director, but I expected he was not going to be nominated, so I'm fine with just about all of it. So we're looking the list here, and let's just do who do you think is gonna win, and who you think is gonna be your dark horse. Well, we're not doing official picks until Oscar week. <laughs> all right, but, but you know, preliminary. No, I, think, I, I, I won't make a big prediction, but I think three billboards is, for best picture, is the front runner for now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the Shape of Water, I can't call The Shape of Water a dark horse because, really, The Shape of Water, you know, it wouldn't be surprising if that one won. I think Call Me By Your Name, after what we saw last year with Moonlight, I think Call Me By Your Name is a dark horse, even though it's losing some momentum. Mm -hmm. But I I think that's just about it. Uh, All the other movies are fantastic. Um, But I think those three are the ones that you could go either way. Well, I would say that I wish Dunkirk would win, but... (laughs) <laughs> well that that's gonna be a long shot for you my friend well but you never know you never know we're still right, uh, right. We're still far from it um i would say that favorite would be the shape of water my dark horse would be three billboards outside Evan missouri mm-hmm. my take my take i would say a dark dark horse phantom thread Hmm. That's gaining a lot of momentum. Mm-hmm. And it's not just because of the performance of Daniel Day-Lewis. It's because of the performance of Manville is her name? Um oh, um yeah, yeah, Leslie Manville. Leslie uh, Manville. Yes, yes, Leslie Manville. Is yes. All I keep hearing is how she keeps up with Daniel Day-Lewis, that she is in every way his equal. Ooh. And that is a tough task to do and if you did it you're good well, huh. well then the next category we got um lead actor you know i think that by taking james franco out of that race i think it's opening the lane for gary oldman you think i really do i mean this is how it is that daniel day lewis is a nominee and there's almost no chance he wins <laughs> that's how good the field is and i uh, you know gary oldman i think this is his moment well, I would say that Gary Omen presents itself as the favorite, my dark horse, Timothy Chameley. Hmm. He got a lot of love early on. He's been losing some momentum, but he's there. He's there. There's a lot of campaign for him. There's a lot of campaign for him. And there's a lot of competition. You know, lead actress, there's a lot of competition. You can't really put your finger on who's going to do it. Yeah, all of them had had strong performances. Indeed, and then this one is
1: really, really tight.
0: I but, think I I think Frances McDormand is the leader right now, but it's just by just a hair. Well, and you have and when you have Sasha Ronan like at her tails, at her riding her coattails. I, I loved her she, in Lady Bird. I loved her in Lady Bird. She was fantastic. But I would say that Frances McDormand wins it. Dark Horse, Margot Roby. That's interesting. I, yeah, I, but, I know. It, I, but really, that is a, a Dark Horse. And let's not forget Sally Hawkins. Oh, you know, yes. Her performance with sign language. That's that's just genius. Uh, I, I, I like the best director race. even though Of course you do. Even though Guillermo del Toro is the leader of the clubhouse. It's just a good field. I'm glad that... Jordan Peele and Greta Gerwig are getting some love. Two first-timers, two first-timers, and they just deserve to be there. I mean, it doesn't make sense that their movies get nominated, but they don't get nominated. But of of course, you're saying this, you're praising all of them, but I know that you want a certain someone to finally get his due. Of course, I want Christopher Nolan to finally get (laughs) his long-deserved Oscar. You know, I'm I'm pulling for him. I'm rooting for him. If I could, I could make a, a campaign for him to win it. But uh, I think that's going to be Guillermo de Toro's to lose. But but this is this is this is the beauty that there's there was so much good stuff mm-hmm. in cinema this uh, this past year. Yeah, that it's there's a lot of diversity. There's a lot of there's a lot to choose from. That is true. Uh, yeah, dif- different st- different genres, different tones. It, it's a lot to pick from, and, and it's in- and it's great. I, I go back to last year. Last mm-hmm. year was a was a two horse race Oh for yeah. best picture. It was either going to be La La Land or it was going to be Moonlight, Moonlight. In a year that was pretty bad. <laughs> two thousand sixteen was pretty <laughs> bad for for cinema in general. But I, I I I can't deny that this year it's it's terrific. Now this this one's interesting for animated short. I haven't seen and most of the most of the ones nominated, but this one caught my attention. Dear Basketball by Kobe Bryant. Wow, that is wow that 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 speaks to Kobe Bryant's <laughs> um, intelligence. That speaks to his you know to the ability to do many things and the fact that he's not just this. Former great basketball player. player. Now he's an Oscar-nominated person. (laughs) Kobe Bryant. NBA champion. Olympic gold medalist. MVP. MVP. And possibly Oscar 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 winner. That would be. Wow. That's uh, quite a resume. I mean, has there any – we got to look it up. Has there ever been an athlete who won an Oscar? A former athlete won an Oscar? We, We have to look that up. We sure as hell know that it wasn't Michael Jordan with Space Jam. That's for sure. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so moving on, we have... What about Logan for Best Adaptive Screenplay? Give me your reaction. Um, Logan, I'm I'm angry. No love for Hugh Jackman as Logan. Sure, we've seen him doing Logan for many years now, but this is the one when you see Logan. When you see Wolverine stripped down to his bare bones, being vulnerable, being mortal. Right. And the way that James Mangold directed this movie like a western, you know, bringing back to 310 and Yuma, hit one of his oldest mo- other movies. It, it was it's gut-wrenching. It was heartbreaking for you, especially at the end. And, man, no love for Patrick Stewart and his Charles Xavier. Yeah, oh. I think I, I think the the whole superhero comic book movie stigma is still like scratching, scratching the borderline the yeah. you know, getting to the borderline. A lot of people thought maybe Wonder Woman deserved uh, to be nominated for best picture and that's why they changed the rule to have a maximum of 10 nominees. But I think with it's it's a good step to have Logan Nominated there. It's a stepping stone, of right, course. It's a right. stepping stone. And for cinematography. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, cinematography. Cinematography, yes. <laughs> I, I, I think Blade Runner's got that one. Roger Deakins. Oh, oh, oh that, that, that was beautiful. Go. That, seriously, man. The cinematography in Blade Runner. The colors, the framing. Um, it, it's just... It's a visual spectacle. I, I said it a couple of times ago. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But it's sad that it's just the visual department that gets a nod and not the and you know at least not the director. I think that I think Villeneuve should have been nominated. I'm not surprised that he that he was that he wasn't, but I think it would have been nice to have him. So, well, that's it for Oscar reactions. (laughs) Hey, in our next segment, Peter Vesey's with us. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Two point conversation. We are pleased to be joined by NBA columnist and legendary NBA insider. Of course, I'm talking about Peter Vesey. Peter, thank you for joining us today.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
0: I want to lead off with uh, this new all star game format. Uh, Steph Curry, LeBron James, leading vote getters, they picked the teams. Do you like this new format? It's always been East versus West. Do you like this format?
1: Well, I like I like any format that's going to make the uh, make it more competitive. Hopefully, this will uh, picking teams, you know, like you do in the playground. Uh, that that alone makes things competitive. But um, you still have the same players, so will they only just you know go play offense and not, you know hardly play defense? I think that's probably what is going to happen. My idea would have been, you know, would have been a little. A little awkward, probably, but break them down into four squads of uh, of players, have 40 players, and well, uh, maybe only you know, maybe eight on the side, and everybody everybody gets a run, and then and then play four, you know, play two two games, two games, losers off, and then and then it'll be competitive. You know, those first two games are going to be competitive because the teams right. don't want to lose. When and it, um, um, Go on.
0: Yeah, what about um what they did with the rookie challenge last year, a U.S. versus the world type of thing? That's that's an idea that that I kind of thought would have been kind of cool, don't you think?
1: No, I do like that. I, I I like that one also, um because that that does make it competitive because now you you know you've got something on the line. you got you've got people from uh, you know, from America versus versus the world, and I, you know, I think that I think that's great. And uh, as you can see, as we all can see, um, they're, they're getting very, very good overseas. You know, I mean, boy, I mean, players that I never heard of. I, I actually, I have to, and I'm probably going to muff it right now, but I had to look up to understand. Uh, oh my God! Remember the name? Remember the team? Um, Guy's name is uh, boy, oh boy. one of those hyphenated names. He's now starting, starting instead of uh, starting in Philly, okay? He's starting in Philly, so I'll break it down for you. He's a 6'6 guard from France, okay? I mean I just learned this yesterday. And I'm trying to spell his name, I'm trying to remember it now, and obviously he's doing a good job. But I had no idea. He was drafted 24th in 2016. And so I'm starting to notice him because Redick is out, he's starting, and he's, and he's scoring. And he's like, who is this guy? And you know, 20 points, 14 I think last night, he had 12. So who is this guy? So I looked him up, you know, so I still can't Peter, So Peter, uh, uh, so
0: how are you doing, sir? Uh, pleasure to finally speak with you. Um, okay. In ter- you've been covering the NBA for a long time and you've seen a lot of players come and go. You've seen changes happen in the league. So how do you compare the level of competitiveness of this modern NBA to past decades?
1: Um, you know, look. They're, they're much more friendly now than they were, you know, back in the day, because there were, there were so many, so fewer jobs back then, and uh, guys, guys were working during the summers to uh, to make up the money. You know, they had to, they had that two jobs, so you know, they playing each other a lot. you know, they might have, they might count exhibitions. They might have played each other twenty times during the university now. Now it's the most is four and then the playoffs okay but so so petty petty uh, pettiness grievances you know yeah. feuds they all develop and there was so many so many fights back then and, and yeah you know, that, that's been cleaned up and, and you know I, look taking nothing away from today's play I still I still get a get a little upset of watching after a game where these guys. You know, come and they hug each other and all that stuff. But I understand, you know, the guitar brothers, they have to come and hug each other, get it. right? But, uh, but when you when you see uh, so many of these other guys go and hug everybody on the team and pat them on the head and stuff, I always look, I always look for the guys who don't do that. Like last night, last night I'm watching the Timberwolves in Portland, and there was a bunch of that after the game. But I noticed Wiggins, he went right to the locker room. Now he's one of my favorite guys. I knew his father, covered his father, Mitchell Wiggins, you know, played the Rockets. I don't know the kid, Andrew. But I liked it. You know, like I don't wanna I don't wanna see that crap. You know, like um Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson's another one, you know, right in the locker room. That's one of Enough, Hector's you know, boys. Don't.
0: That's one of Hector's boys, Clay Thompson.
1: <laughs> you know well, I love I love Clay Thompson, you know, and, and and more than that, I love his mother. You know, I know his mother's since so she married Michael Thompson, and she's still gorgeous. So I love his mother more. <laughs> you know, we <laughs> we share that
0: philosophy, Peter. I I, I agree with you 100. percent You know the NBA. I know that these guys are buddies, and it, it's a nice look. But you know, I I like it when when the best of friends hated each other on the court. I mean, you saw, you know, M- Michael Jordan and Patrick Ewing. They were they, they're cl- they're good friends, and Michael would just scorn him on the court. I think there was one yes. time in, in in a conference final when Michael dunked on him and and he started uh, you know cursing at him you know that that's kind of the the, the thing I kind of miss from right. from back in the day. Yeah, I mean,
1: look, there is there is There, are, there have been some skirmishes of late, you know. So I'm not looking for fights. I don't, I don't want to see punches thrown. I store, enough of that. Um, I, I was reading an old article. I I read back in the early 70s, uh, Dave the Busher was telling stories on the Knicks plane, uh, telling the rookies about the fights that they had when he was first coming up. Hmm. And it was, it was an amazing story to read it. You know, even, even though I wrote it back then, I'd forgotten it. And he would say about, you know, how many fights there would be every game. And he told us one thing about these two big guys, Walter Dukes and Ray Felix. Mm-hmm. I believe Ray you could look it up afterwards, but I believe Dukes was the number one pick of the fifty four draft. And they were both seven footers. And uh they got they got into a brawl during the game and uh one one of the other, you know, clocked the other guy from and, and he went down. And uh so then he you know, he kinda Came out of his uh, foginess and got up, and they are going to the locker room at halftime. And he came up behind the other guy, and he cold caught him from behind. Oh he just he just nailed him. He knocked him out. He knocked him out. And they and, and so the bushes tell the story. He it was, it was a guy with a pistol. He was with a pistol at the front, and he said, "Yeah, we carried the guy in." You know, I think it, I think it was uh, Walter Duke. Yeah, they carried Walter Dukes in. He, what what happened? Why did Felix do that to you? You know, we you know you got in a fight, but didn't from behind. What was going on there? And he said, I'm dating one of his girlfriends. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so so so
0: they they took their personal things to the court. <laughs> oh, yeah yeah yeah. Oh, it was so funny. <laughs> oh okay. All right, now we understand. You know. <laughs> right. So uh, you you mentioned uh, Dave the Busher, and of course you. You've worked in in, in covering NBA for such a long time, and you know so many of past greats. I recently wrote for the blog about forgotten NBA greats. We're so caught up in in being prisoners of the moment, uh, all the modern-day stars, that we forget some of the greats of years past. In your mind, what are some NBA greats that you think have been just forgotten?
1: Oh, man, I mean... (laughs) We we could go on forever. I you know, it's it's uh it's interesting how who who did you write about? You wrote about a couple of guys. Who did you write about?
0: I did like a like a starting lineup. I did like a starting lineup of players from each position that I thought were forgotten. I mentioned Wilt, even though Wilt is still mentioned, but yeah, people forgot how truly great he was. And and yeah. I, I did Wilt
1: You know, let me let me stop you, let me stop you with Wilt. Because, you know, you are right, and uh, it, it's amazing to me that these, uh, the people today that write about them and, and follow the game, you know, will overlook him when, when coming up with their all-time great teams, you know, or, or Wilf, you know Okay, will But, you know, different eras, so we'll, But he, he told me, you know, something I've written before and I'm very proud of, but we received an award together at the Rutgers tournament uh, a year before he died. You know, and, and I had no idea he was sick. We sat together during this old-timers game in which Tiny Archibald and Dean Meminger and romantic all played. And then we received an award, and I wish I had a picture of it. I've never been able to get a picture of it. And he said to me at the time, he said, look, you, you know, you're the only guy around still covering us that, that saw us play. To never let them forget how great we were. Mm-hmm. Well. When Will Chamberlain tells you something like that, you know, that's been in my craw ever since, and I've always tried to to do exactly that. I, it, it bothered me that when Jojo White died, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I was friends with him, but I was not a friend that I would go out with him or anything like that. It wasn't that kind of relationship, you know, like Tiny Archibald and I would go out, King Serving and I would go out, but, but Jojo and I, no. So, when he died, um, it, it upset me that there was so little written about him. Even in Boston, I was upset that I didn't understand why right, Bob Ryan, right. who's you know, still doing television, covered him all his years. I don't believe he wrote anything about him. How can he not come back to the Globe and write something? How did the Globe not ask him to come back
0: and write and his something? his numbers retired, right?
1: In Boston? Of course no. Well all Celtic numbers are in <laughs> No, but he was it's like, he, it's look, like he, the just made, he just made the Hall of Fame. He he was on two championships. Um, you know, the star of two championships, the MVP in the seventy six final. But anyway, I it bothered me that I couldn't even come up with stories about JoJo other than the fact that I, you know, I saw him, and I'm still kind of working on it, you know, I'm calling people. You um, know, I I, I, uh, I saw him play for Kansas at the NIC at the Garden in 1968. And every time I saw JoJo, basically, I would say the same thing. I said, JoJo, you are like one of my all-time favorites. I loved your game at the Garden and, you know, with Kansas. I still love your game. And that basically was the extent of my conversation with him. I was kind of in awe of him. And, uh, and you know, we talked over the years. I knew he had cancer. We, we, I, we took a picture I put it up on, on uh, Twitter of me and him up at Springfield during the summer. We got together and took a picture there. And and uh, But it still bothered me. So I called, you know, I actually called Heinz, who was his coach. Oh. He never got back from it. He never got back. Um, I, I called Paul Westfall who was his uh, a teammate of his, and he did get back to me yesterday. He's in the process of moving, and he said that he's sorry to get back to me. But So hopefully he'll have a story or two. I'm trying to get in touch with Paul Silas. You know, the only guy who was quoted in the Boston papers on JoJo was Dave Collins, And they were good quotes. They were good quotes, but one teammate with Havlicek. Nobody got John Allen to talk about JoJo. Wayne. So that That does bother me. And uh, you know nobody else is going to do it if I don't do anything on them. And I, I'm hoping I can track down some stories. At any rate, there are so many there that that are overlooked and uh, you know and, and not recognized anymore. Uh, when you when you talk when these people talk about coming up as you know the top players of all time, you know they'll, you'll never they'll never mention Baylor. They'll never mention Pettit. They'll never mention uh, Rick Barry. Even Julius Irving. You know, I'm not saying he's top 15 even, but come on, mention his name, man. Are you kidding me?
0: Uh, You know, (laughs) of those those guys you just listed, for the exception of Julius Irving, I mentioned Rick Barry and Baylor and Pettit, and and I also mentioned Tiny. Uh, I didn't mention Dr. J because I still think people know most about him because I remember my pops used to tell me he was Jordan before Jordan. He he, he told me he used to tell me yeah. I used to yeah. watch him. So yeah, the, those it's a, it's a plenty no, of names he, I mentioned. They there. know who he is.
1: They know who he is, but they don't put him in the same category. These people, they just don't do it. You know, it's and and uh he was he was Michael. I, he used to get angry at me. that I I would, when Michael came around, I would say to I say. Hey, hey Julius, I said Michael is you with a jump shot. Oh man, he would get pissed off at that. Oh. But um, you know, and Rick Rick Barry, Rick Barry, you know, and I, I don't know a huge bird is my all-time favorite player, but Rick Barry was every bit as good as Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. I mean, people just don't do not follow the game. you not understand how great he was, mm-hmm. and uh, so. So they just, they just don't know, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't, you can't battle ignorance, and um, they just, you know, LeBron is great. Okay, we get it. Kobe is great, but uh, there are others. There are plenty of others. You know who doesn't get his due is Jerry West. Does not get his due. People know him as the logo. Just... Oh people, people, people,
0: no. people only know him logo. nowadays as the logo.
1: Yeah, they know the logo, but they don't. They don't understand. You know, I like, one year, one year he averaged, he led the league in assists, and averaged 27 a game. Are you kidding me? Right. You know, talk about West Westbrook, and he deserves, you know, all the accolades he gets because he's, he's an unbelievable player. But you know, Jerry West, Jerry West was doing it, and plus Jerry West played defense. You know, Westbrook plays it occasionally, and uh, you know Jerry played great defense. But, uh, you know, now I'll give you another one that people, people know, which is, but they, they forgot that how great he was, was Walt Frazier. <laughs> you know, at one time, Walt Frazier was looked, uh, looked upon as the third or fourth best guard ever behind Oscar and, and, uh, and Jerry West. And then there was Frazier. And then, you know, and then the new group came on, and Walt's who? Yeah, the guy with the funny suits. Yeah, the funny, funny suits clothes. who does the Knicks games. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I mean they don't they don't get it. Earl Earl Monroe, I mean are you kidding? Me? Earl, yeah. I spoke to Earl for you know, for your information, I spoke to him a few days ago about Jojo because they were they were kind of tight off the court because the, and I asked him how that was and he said that he used to go to Boston and um uh, players players meetings, players association meetings that kept kind of friendly and stuff and he, he gave me a lot about his class and his sweet game and stuff. But just for your information, he just, he's had about 30, 35 major surgeries since he retired. 35, wow. maybe more now. Okay. And, uh, and so, you know, he's been limping around and his back, his neck, his legs, his knees, everything's going on. So the other, about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, somebody, somebody, uh, he was in his car, in, in a car, and a car hit them from behind. Mm. And so now, now he's got therapy for whiplash and all that stuff. But this guy, he can't catch a break. Ugh. But um, anyway, Earl, what, I mean, how, how great was Earl? You don't even hear him mention, you know? <laughs> Earl who? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, how,
0: how could people forget oh,
1: black yeah. Jesus who would
0: <laughs> part <laughs> the <laughs> waters and score 60 on you? Come on. <laughs> Hector, yeah, yeah, Hector, yeah no, you know, you, you got a question, Hector? Uh, yeah, Peter, so we spoke about the, the forgotten greats of the NBA, but let's talk about who are your favorite players of this current generation.
1: Of this current generation? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got more than a few. You know I mean? Curry, I love Curry. I love Durant. You know, love, love, love LeBron. Um, I mean, how can you not like those guys? Um... I you mean, know, I love Westbrook. Love, love, love the way he plays. Uh, Harden. I mean, all the guys you, you'd expect. I, I already told you, Clay Thompson is one of my favorites. But you know what I noticed? Let me just stop you. I mean, now, look, I'm not going to. I don't think I'm going to tell you anybody you'd be surprised about. Right. You know, I, I catch on to people pretty quickly. Uh, like, uh, um, no, I'm not going to really remember his name. But anyway, let me let me tell you something. I looked up yesterday. I was kind of surprised at, just looking and saying, who is Who is the guy who goes to the line the fewest amount of times who's a top 50 scorer? Top 50 scorer. Actually, I could say he's a top 30 scorer. But Hmm. in the top 50, he goes to the line fewer than any player. It's amazing. It's actually amazing. And makes fewer than anybody in the top 50. Hmm. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. Well, let, it's let, Clay let's Thompson. It's Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. Wow. Clay mm-hmm. Thompson only goes to the line 1.5 times a game and right. makes 1.3. Nobody is stat. lower in that category, in those categories.
0: That is a shocking stat. Is that, am-
1: is that amazing? <laughs> now You know, we know he's a jump shooter, but still, you know, he does post stuff too. He <laughs> does go to the room. Right. <laughs> what?
0: Wow, that
1: is a shocking uh, stat. <laughs> so, I don't look at statistics, but I did happen to be looking last night, and that just jumped off the page uh, because I was looking at who, who who goes to the line the most. Somebody somebody wrote me and said, you know, well, you've got Davis and Cousins. I love Davis, by the way. Uh, you know, Davis and Cousins are on the same team, and they're always playing outside. And I wrote back, and I said, now, I think Cousins is going to the line a lot more, you know, this year, especially recently. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up, and he's going 8.1 a game, and Davis goes 8.0 a game. And they're in the top five in the league. Wow. So so the, so the perception is incorrect that they're always playing outside.
0: Right. So, um, and we'll get you out on this. Uh, you've been known... In the past, for your nicknames, what are some of your favorites that you've, you know, donned?
1: You know, I look. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll take the most positive one always. Say Larry Legend.
0: <laughs> Come on. Yeah.
1: No, the Larry Legend is my favorite nickname. I mean, everybody. If, you know, if I had uh, trademarked Larry Legend, uh, I'd be I'd be a multimillionaire because all of all the hats and shirts and everything that they have with that name on it. And I didn't do anything with it. I'm like Riley, you know, Pat Riley, who did the three feet and people have to pay him if they use it. But I didn't. uh, And by the way, you know, by the way, he told me that uh, most of it goes to charity. He doesn't keep it, but uh, I would have kept it. (laughs) I would have kept it. So, um, uh, at any rate, that's, that's, you know, air Jordan, you know, that was mine. And, uh, you know, and the you know everyone everyone talks about you know Spencer Deadwood and Spencer Driftwood, and <laughs> Joe Barry Joe Barry Carroll and Joe Barry Apathy, and, uh, you know Hotplate Williams and uh, you I, know I, I have I have well over well over a hundred.
0: I'm partial uh, to you know, I'm, I'm partial to Alonzo Morning's the organ groaner. I, I'm partial to that. the organ groaner. Yeah. And I, lo- yeah. I loved Alonzo Morning as a player, so uh, I
1: just laugh. No, I, I do, too. I do, too. But he was, you know why I was negative on him on that? Because he was, you know, he was a guy who was traded to the Nets, or what was traded to the Nets. Yeah, he was traded to the Nets and, and didn't want to be there, and they had right. given him they had given him something. I forget the exact thing. They had given him some extra money and stuff, taking care of him. And, and then he, and he, he, he moaned and groaned about wanting to get out of there. And so they trade him. I believe it was to Toronto. And the next thing you know, he's, he he's bought, bought out, out of Toronto. Husband, right? Yeah. So I was like, come on, man. You know, <laughs> oh, I don't. I, I, when guys irk me, they irk me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So we'll get well. We're we're done here, Peter. Thank you for uh, giving us some of your time and some of your knowledge. It's it's truly an honor to have you on our show.
1: All right, well, well. good luck in your endeavor, okay? And, uh, don't, and don't let people forget how great Wilt was.
0: Oh, I won't. I'll keep sharing <laughs> okay. that. I'll keep sharing that written sure. entry I did so people don't forget. Peter, thank you for joining All right. us.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you.
0: That was Peter Vesey joining us here on the Two Point Conversation. And that's it for the Two Point Conversation. Really? Wow, that time went fast. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. For my chum Hector, I'm Chris. We'll see you next time here on the Two Point Conversation.